it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. We hope The Ringer can provide you entertainment and companionship during this time. So as always, feel free to check out theringer.com, where we're still covering the latest in sports, pop culture, tech, and media. And The Ringer's YouTube channel can provide endless amounts of entertainment. You can find that at youtube.com slash The Ringer. All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Cousin Sal here, heel producer Jim, all the way to the right. I say all the way to the right because this is our first video podcast. It's also our first rewatchable. Uh, I am here with my friend Harry. I'm here with Darren, the parlay kid as well. Uh, Harry is dressed up. He got dressed up for this. You're, you're taking this seriously, Harry. Oh, this is a big time. Once we're on a video here, I want to impress you, Sal. Harry's wearing a sport jacket. I mean, he looks like he uh, he, he looks doing? like he's attending his own trial for public urination. He's going in front of the judge. <laughs> but uh, I'm impressed. Harry. All looking right. good. Well, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. It's good. Parlay Kid is here. So what we're doing here is we are going to preview and review the January 2nd, 1994 game. It's week 18 game between the Cowboys and the Giants. The winner won the division, got a buy in the playoffs there. I say week 18. I'm not making a mistake there. There were 18 weeks back then, right, Parlay Kid? 18 weeks, two buys, which yeah, I forgot. I, you kind of forget about that, right? I, I totally forgot about that until we yeah. got back to this rewatchable here to realize yeah. there were two buys that season. Got totally two buys. Darren and I are huge, huge Cowboys fans. Uh, Harry's a big, big Giants fan, and we had the privilege of watching that game together. Now, let's take you back to January 94. Here's what was going on in my life. I was a, a law school student. Yes, no, you're not. There's no audio issues here. I was actually in my first year of law school. It was my winter break. Um, Parley Kid, was this your first semester teaching? That no, was Dayton? my second year, Sal. I was coaching wrestling what? at the time. So I took a little, I must have taken like a couple days off from wrestling. Right. To uh, make this trip happen because we've never been out to Vegas. We had never, uh, we've know. never been out to Vegas. We had never been uh, away from our families for Christmas. But I think my aunt Joan, uh, Jimmy Kimmel's mother, was in town in New York for the summer. And it's like, why don't you guys come out for Christmas? And just, I think, just being nice. And we were like, all right, what the hell? I'm going to go. We're going to get five of our friends who've never been away for Christmas. Uh, and we're going to go out there. And then we're going to bookend it with a drive to Las Vegas. And uh, that's where we watched this game in particular. Harry, you were finishing up at Oswego, right? I had already graduated. Um, you still needed more time, despite the fact that the college was in your town and you could have taken unlimited summer classes. You needed more time to graduate, get it done, right? Well, remember, I, I failed out because I pledged that stupid fraternity. So that cost me right. a semester. So right. I, it took me four and a half years, whatever, to graduate or whatever it took me. <laughs> I finally got done. So then you came up with the idea. Let's go out to Vegas. Let's go out to see your uh, your aunt and uncle. Jimmy's parents uh, stayed right. with them. Like you said, we went to the Giants. Uh, we went to the Giants Cardinal game before we hit Vegas. Great time. Right. The week before December 26, 93, uh, we went to the Giants uh, uh, Giants Cardinals game. The Giants lost that game, right? 17-6. I yeah. had totally forgotten about it. Yeah. And so set up this game, which, uh, like I said, was for the division and for a bye. Both teams were 11-4, and four, Cowboys and Giants, going into this January second game. Jim Cunningham, our heel producer, just to put things in perspective, you came up with a list of things, other uh, things that came, uh, happened uh, before or around that of January 2nd event. What, what do you have for us? Yeah, so January 2nd, 1994, Mrs. Doubtfire was the number one uh, movie in the theater. It returned to right. number one after Wayne's World 2 knocked it out for a week and then the Pelican Brief. And the following week, Philadelphia was the number one movie which starred Tom mm -hmm. Hanks and Denzel Washington and that Bruce Springsteen song that you couldn't escape that was everywhere. Right. Uh, number <laughs> one song in the country was again by Janet Jackson. Um, the top, uh -huh. top sitcoms were Home Improvement, Seinfeld, Roseanne, Grace Under Fire, and Coach. And this was the first year the Bulls didn't have Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan retired right before that season. So this was the year that Hakeem yeah. Olajuwon and the Rockets beat the Knicks in seven games. And John mm -hmm. Starks was never allowed in a restaurant in New York City ever again after that. Is that right? <laughs> he was the villain. Holyfield was the yeah. heavyweight champ. Holyfield was the heavyweight champ. He won the 
the title from Riddick Bow in November in the Fan Man game when the guy flew into the oh, ring. Right. I remember betting on that too. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, LeBron James was nine years old at the time. Mike Trout was two years old. And mm-hmm. Giannis, Pat Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson were just stains on the backseat of their dad's cars. Wow. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the color there, Jim. Appreciate it. And the it. president was uh, Hillary Clinton's husband. There you go. I think I remember that guy. I do yeah. remember that. And uh, so we were friends. So this gives you a little indication of how long we've been friends. This is now, um, how many freaking years is this? Is this 26 years? Over 26 years that we've been friends yeah. longer than that. But this is 26 years ago. Just to uh, uh, really conclude here, we were in Las Vegas. We were getting our asses handed to us. Actually, Harry had a roulette system. He was winning. This is January 2nd. We're now, we went from the Algiers Hotel no longer exists. There's like five of us in the same room. Uh, we went to my Aunt Chippy's house and we stayed there. And I think our plan was to wake up and hit the uh, like the Stardust or something and watch this game together. But I believe, Parlay Kid, I believe this was the early game and we were just so tired. We couldn't get up for 10 a.m. to uh, head out to the Strip. Am I right? Yeah, that was the plan, Sal. We had uh, been in Vegas for a few days. I don't know if you remember, Sal, but I lost my wallet in Vegas. I do remember. I don't, I don't yeah. think I don't know if you remember. I, I lost about uh, about eight hundred dollars. <laughs> was it that much? That was, oh uh, my god! That was that much, Sal. Which at that time was about a month of work for me. Uh, Darren so, at the Stardust. Uh, that was that was devastating. I th- I don't know how I got through the rest of the week. I don't know if you guys were giving me a couple bucks here or there, but. Um, I lost it, I think, within 10 minutes of being in Vegas. I remember I got the wallet back, but right. there was no money. I remember you inside. saying, I like, I don't <laughs> even want the money back. I just want the wallet. Yeah. And then and then you got the wallet back. You're like, what kind of maniac takes the money and leaves <laughs> the wallet? Exactly. So, that's exactly what happened. Right. But exactly. So there we go. Right. We're fully trenched in Vegas, although we're in my Aunt Chippy's house. We're watching from my cousin Mickey and Sally's. Uh, shout out to Sally. It's her birthday today. Watching from their bedroom that they grew up in. Here's the game. Like I said, week 18, winner gets the NFC East and a bye. It's a regular season game. It As far as regular season games that felt like a playoff game, oh. this is tops. Nothing. I don't think anything tops it. Um, it's 40 degrees. You have Reeves, who's a first-year coach for your Giants, right, Harry? Actually, played for the Cowboys for eight years. First-year coach for the Giants. Uh, they hadn't been in the playoffs in three years. He's going against Jimmy Johnson. The Cowboys had already won their Super Bowl, 52-17 the year before. Coming back, uh, Parlay Kid. This was the Emmett Smith year. The first two games we lost. Yeah, uh, Emmett was holding out, and then gets signed. Uh, what was it? Four years, thirteen point six million dollars, which was a ton. Of, it made him the highest paid running back in the league. Absolutely, right? and the uh, the Cowboys became the first team to ever go zero and two, right, uh, and win a Super Bowl at that point. Um, yeah, which also showed you the significance of what Emmett Smith meant to that team. Uh, they lost their first two games without him. He came back and immediately uh, started winning football games yeah. again. Yeah, and this game further further demonstrates what oh, he yeah. meant to the team. Uh, he was always one of my favorites. I had a little run in with him years later. You can read about in my book. It, it uh, pains me to talk about it. Harry, I, you may know this already. I pulled the line for this game. What do you think the spread was uh, over, under, inside? Did I see it? I thought that I thought it was Dallas minus five. Uh, I don't know if you saw it's six and a half. Uh, over, and I, I would say the over under probably was about uh, 41, 35. So wow, they're expecting 35. a low scoring game. Um, Remember, Sal, Dan Reeves, head coach, but he also called his own offensive plays. Right. Well, maybe he shouldn't have because the Cowboys had outscored them 61 to 12 mm-hmm. in the last two meetings. Um Give it a historical. Uh, well, actually, the Giants weren't even expected to be good this year. It mm-hmm. was uh, they were over under was seven, and like I said, they're eleven and four. Uh, ended up eleven and five, fifty to one odds to win the Super Bowl. Cowboys plus three fifty parlay kid, which is as short a number as you can get for a team heading into a season, uh, having won the Super Bowl. Their over under was eleven. They win this game, that brings them to twelve. Uh, more on Emmett Smith, real quick. He ended up winning the rushing title. He yeah. eked out Jerome Bettis by 57 yards. Bettis won Rookie of the Year that year. That was a year I think uh, Barry Sanders played 11 games, but another great year for Emmett. Like you said, Darren, coming off uh, the contract, the holdout, right? That's why I named my dog after him. So my first dog That's I right. had uh, for 16 years, name was Emmett, mm-hmm. right? So uh, this game was kind of the uh, one of the reasons why I, I decided to do yeah. that. Yeah, what a, what a year, what a player, Sal. and 
just look at the back of his football card and you could see the longevity uh, along with the production almost every single year. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, Harry, you want to say anything about this game before we get into the first quarter? Look, the Giants uh, are going to lose. I'm, I'm warning <laughs> you in advance. You know what? Uh, it's a tale of two halves, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. Dallas did. Uh, I mean, it, it, Giants held their own on the defensive end, though, to keep this game close and to give Phil Simms and the rest of the team a chance in the second half, and it was pretty exciting. Yeah, it was exciting. So uh, it starts off, and Pat Summerall, John Madden calling the game, which is great because you see them in their parkers. It's cold. Darren, the, the public address announcer was um, uh, Robert Merrill, right? The Yankees guy. Mm-hmm. You could hear him in the background. He's great, too. Just the sounds. And Summerall comments right at the top of the game. I don't think I've ever heard a crowd this ready. There's snow banks in the background. Um, Summerall, Summer, it's amazing this team. I'm looking at this team. They went to get, they stayed together until 2002. Madden went another seven years till 2009. Summerall used to be a color commentator. Um, first of all, he was a kicker in the league. How many kickers do we know? That uh, Do we know any other kickers that, that are like uh, play-by-play or color guys for that matter? I don't think no, we do. I, right? I can't think of one. I know there's a couple sideline right. uh, reporter mm-hmm. kicker guys, but nobody doing the play Ralph by play. Ralph Benerska, uh, uh, believe it or not, a, a Chargers kicker hosted Wheel of Fortune after, mm-hmm. I think it was after Chuck Woolery, before Chuck Woolery, between Woolery and Sajak. I don't know what it was, but that's, I don't remember a kicker, but the fa- I can't even imagine Summerall as a color commentator. I just know him in this position. Uh, they were fun together. And there's Harry, the names, Armstead, Myron Guyton, Lawrence Taylor. This was Lawrence Taylor's last year. Mm-hmm. This was Phil Simms, I believe, 16th season. Yeah. Um, some I mean, all comments. Go ahead. What were we going to say? No, I was, no, was just going to say, yeah, I believe it was 16th season. And you mentioned before that also, you know, I mean, I think that overall Madden in this game, me and Parlay Kid had discussed it a little bit uh, the, other, uh, the other day when we watched it. On Sunday, this was Madden was unbelievable. This game, just with <laughs> everything he dissected, talking about offensive linemen, pulling, making blocks, showing it, explaining it, it was phenomenal with everything. And his mad uh, as Maddenisms were great in this game too. I can't tell. I, I can't tell what's what's uh, actually valuable and what's just a Maddenism. A lot, a lot of boom, 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 football stuff. You know, I love to hear it. I really do. I love the sounds of it. I don't know that I learned a ton watching watching from him. Summerall at one point, and maybe this is true, they show Sims' numbers for the year, 28-31 yards, 15 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, and it, Summerall says, it's been a very, very good year for Phil Sims. Polly Kidd, but as we learned, that was a very, very good year for quarterbacks, right? Yeah, well, Anything over 2,500 yards. Uh, technically, Troy Aikman's uh, quarterback rating was his highest that year, Yeah, and he threw for 15 touchdowns. Yeah. So well, when you throw it out at Smith all the time, it it'll be all right. Puts things in perspective. Well, he also, I think he was the passing leader that year, right? He, uh, it's, it's quite conceivable. He, he was close to a, a hundred on the quarterback rating. Yeah. Um, I, I just, think but, you know, it's, it, yeah. listen, if you watch this, Whoa, if Harry. you watch this game and you watch Aikman, one thing you realize is he was your prototypical quarterback. Yeah. He really, his form is great. Um, he basically is everything you want in a quarterback. He just wasn't asked to put up great numbers at that time. Yeah. It just wasn't what the Cowboys were about. Uh, one of the most accurate passers of all time. I know Harry has a problem with that. Well, but can I Paul say something Kidd, here? It's funny. Hold on real quick. As I was watching, I did notice like those last that last like year and a half where everything was an outlet pass to the fullback. It just it just killed us, Parlay Kid, to watch. But yeah. this was nice. Because he was throwing downfield. Go ahead, Harry. Now you could you could crap all over him. He didn't throw downfield this game hardly at all. I mean, he he threw a little bit to a, uh, to Irvin in the first half, right. Johnston on the sidelines, Emmett Smith the whole game. And in the second half, he didn't make a pass downfield whatsoever. Yeah, I mean really you're going to be accurate when you don't when you don't throw the pass throw when you don't throw the ball more than 15 yards down the field. Well, yeah, Michael Irvin all. ended up having pretty good career numbers, so I, I don't think uh, this game is indi- indicative of uh, every mm-hmm. single game that Aikman had. Plus, they won, uh, and they were 12-4. and four. But um, what else do I want to say? But just the names. Dave Meggett returning the ball. Um, not a lot of scoring this game, so I just want to bring up some fun things that mm-hmm. I saw in the first quarter. Uh, Sims, it starts off. Sims has a big pass to Pierce, who fumbles. Woodson recovers. And then Madden reminds us, um, 
it's important to get turnovers and you can't turn the ball over. Is this one of the things you said mean, Harry, when you talk about how, <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if that's what I meant, but I just think overall yeah. he did a great job, but yeah, Aaron Pierce, like he wasn't even the starting uh, tight end for the giants. Then it was, uh, uh, Howard Cross, but yet he went to Pierce. It was a great pass by Sims down the middle. Maybe be maybe the best pass of the game between uh, for him or Aikman in the game. And and just like hold on to the ball, go down. You know, it was just so ter- yeah, such a great start for the Giants getting the ball, and then, then that happened. Yeah, so that was a Parley kid. I don't know if you agree with me, but I hated those big giant tight ends. Forget about Bavaro and the guys, but Pierce and Cross, and every time they catch the ball, it seemed like they were flexing Zeke all the Moat. way back to the huddle. How about Zeke Moat? Zeke, uh, Zeke Moat another, another one, Harry. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Giants had a, a, quite a few of them back then. Uh, I think they were one of the teams, you know, especially with Bavaro at one point. Uh, they mm-hmm. kind of made the tight end what it is even more so today. Uh, mm-hmm. The Giants kind of started that a little bit back then. So one thing I noticed graphically, and I, I, you know, you think about this like when we were growing up, we were 10 or 12 years old. No, we're 21, 22, 23 years old now, and there's still no score at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> you still don't have any time. And the first check-in, the first out-of-town mm. scoreboard check-in isn't until eight minutes left in the first quarter when we see that Phoenix, Phoenix. yes, Phoenix, yeah. seven nothing lead over Atlanta. You want to know how they scored the touchdown? Well, you're not going to find out from CBS because it says Sanders, seven interceptions, leads NFC on the bottom. That's mm. the scroll <laughs> underneath. So it's we have really come a long way. People complain that it's in our face all the time. You cannot go away from seeing a score or seeing the clock or seeing the game clock or anything. Harry, what did you think about that? Like, we, we just didn't know better, right? Right. I mean, look, I was I was noticing uh, as well as, as the game goes along, they didn't do any highlights of any other game when they did right. do a check-in with uh, with Gumble, um, where they just did the Green Bay-Detroit game where Brett Favre happened to throw four picks uh, that yeah. day, and they never showed one highlight of his pick, but they showed they the, didn't the show Detroit the touchdowns. Picks. Right. All the games are broadcasting and they only showed Green Bay Detroit. I think they only showed three, three times they checked in for a video right. highlight. And uh, it was all, every, yeah. every time it was that game. Um, yeah, boy, the Cowboys had a good team. They had uh, Maryland Casillas. Maryland gets hurt in the game. Casillas, Tolbert. Um, you got Brown and Smith Woodson in the secondary. It's nice. Uh, so, so 11 Pro Bowlers on Dallas that year. 11, I think three for the Giants. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell you. They were a good team. Why didn't you kill Um, us then? Well, we did. I just told you it was like (laughs) 62-17 over two games. But um, uh, so something happens. Oh, so there's a false start. Cowboys get the ball after that uh, turnover. Eddie Murray kicks a field goal, 3-0 with 4.37 left. A left-footed onside kick. Yeah. Pretty good kick. Jesse Armstead picks it up. Yep. And uh, then Jim Jeffcoat and Jimmy Jones um, sack Sims. Um, Aikman keeps a drive going third and six. He runs for it. First down. Cowboys have seven first downs to one. Cowboys lead uh, after the first quarter. And Harry, we're laying there. Harry, uh, Darren and I, uh, were we pretty good sports about this so far? I think we're all nervous. Yeah, I think we're all nervous. But listen, I was I was very happy actually with the uh, the three nothing lead, considering Dallas had the ball in the first quarter for thirteen minutes. Thirteen right. minutes in the first quarter. Armstead, by the way, uh, Novacek fumbled up before that field goal too. And how the Giants didn't recover it, and Jesse Armstead didn't recover that was incredible. Three Giants around it, they don't get it. They fumble it out of bounds, so they give Dallas a field goal. But still, only down three nothing, having the ball for two minutes in the first quarter. I was still feeling okay. But you guys, everything was fine. Everything was good at that point. Parley kid, how are you feeling at this point? Three nothing. Well, Sal, in I New think York. At, you know, with all of our teams, especially at, at that age, we would never too optimistic. We never wanted to be feel that good about it again. Right. And Harris exactly right. At that point, um, you know, you felt like the Cowboys were kind of dominating the game, but they're up three, nothing. Uh, so mm-hmm. that really well, didn't bode well for them at that, uh, at that junction. Um, yeah. So, and, and you know, one thing I'd like to also say too, in that first quarter, Madden does make a reference to Emmett Smith in that first quarter. He actually says how Emmett is a, a very hard worker in practice, but the coaches that week, happened to say Emmett was as focused as they had ever seen right. him. He says that in the first quarter before Emmett's yeah. injury about how yep. he was more focused for this game than they've ever seen him for any other game in his uh, short Cowboy career to that point. 
Yeah, right. That was it was early on, pretty much. All right, second quarter start. Speaking of Madden, Kevin Gogan, gigantic uh, <laughs> lineman head. for the Cowboys. The he loses. He has trouble with his helmet, and Madden does like a five minute stand up routine on this. So Three hundred thirty pounds. You got a big guy losing his hat. He's got to fight his hat. He puts his hat on. It just a lot, a lot of uh, gets involved in the word salad. You're not even sure really what you heard afterwards, but it's entertaining. Um, Cowboys punt. This is where Russell Maryland goes out. Dallas is pressuring Sims. Uh, they punt. Aikman throws to Irvin at 22-yard pass. And Emmett is like 13 for 49 early in the second quarter. Uh, they're throwing to him a lot, too. Third and four, you get a 15-yard screen pass to Emmett. Uh, another third and long middle screen to Emmett. It's just short of the fourth down. And um, Emmett, though, on fourth and inches, goes for it. Powers ahead. First down. Uh, second and goal. Emmett Aikman to Emmett, a uh, uh, middle screen, 10 nothing, halfway through the second. And uh, then Madden reminds us, Harry, that big players come to play big games. Well, that's uh, that's what they <laughs> Listen, Emmett was great. Emmett, but during, even up to that point, um, before he broke the big one right before, uh, the right uh, right at the two-minute warning, uh, he was just being so elusive. It was it was really uh, something else to watch. I mean, he's he's slipping the first tackle. I know that I uh, will get to it in a little bit. That uh, CBS showed an, a phenomenal stat on how he uh, avoided, you know, took the second or third or fourth giant to tackle him just in the first half when he had twenty three touches. But yeah. I mean, still, I mean, it was it was something. And even Aikman was going to Moose Johnston too on screen passes too, little flares out to the side. Johnson mm-hmm. looked good too, right. Um, right behind, before the two minute warning, he has almost a 50 yard run. Emmett does. Yeah. And he falls on that shoulder. And at this point, parlay kid, he's 19 for one Oh nine. Uh, he's been involved in 25 plays between the, uh, receptions and the rushes for 151 yards. And in comes Lincoln Coleman. Yeah. Even up 10, nothing. We couldn't, couldn't fit too good. Feel too good about this. Not at all. Lincoln Coleman, Harry from Baylor. Uh, mm. I can remember almost every player and where they went to, uh, to college in this, there you go. but so little known little uh, thing that Madden had mentioned too, uh, and that I've always mentioned about Emmett and this kind of helped him get through the rest of the game is no matter if he ran left or right, he almost always carried the ball in his left arm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So even with that right arm injured, which he, he was really the best, one of the best stiff armors too, with that right arm, which we didn't see that after he hurt his arm. But the fact is, uh, it didn't hurt him in carrying the ball uh, with right. that left arm. Uh, and uh, as we, as they had made, mentioned during that, uh, maybe it was even Summerall who mentions it, but about how he's significantly a left arm ball carrier, uh, which actually then helped him for the rest of the game. But we couldn't, we did not feel good about this at all. But rest assured here, Sal, within a play, uh, we hear that it's a shoulder bruise and he's back in yeah. the game already that's it i think he that's how they like did one it, or two uh, plays that that uh 28 it, years crazy. ago whatever exactly and uh aikman gets sacked we take a field goal we're up 13 nothing at the half looking good as harry said the time of possession is dominated by the cowboys yeah. um the only uh hesitation for cowboys fans is this emmett smith injury but it looked like he was going to be okay uh coming back into the second half. Harry, anything you want to add about the first half here? Well, yeah. I mean, also, you know, uh, Russell Maryland went down with an injury too. So him and Emmett both left the game before Eddie Murray kicked that field goal to go up 13, nothing. So still it was a little, uh, little, little scary for Dallas fans there because, you know, uh, Russell Maryland was also a pro bowler that year too. So yeah. and he, once the third quarter started, both guys hadn't come out from the uh, locker room yet. And then it came out that Russell Maryland was done for the game. Right. One thing that was interesting to hear is Daryl Johnston catches with screen pass. I think you mentioned it, Harry. And we hear the moose. We hear yeah. on the road. You hear the yeah. moose, moose chat. What is that? Harry? That is Where's- listen. That is true. But that is true. But that happened anywhere. And Moose Johnson did go to Syracuse. And the fans, <laughs> though, when it meant when the game meant when the game was on the line and everything in the third quarter, fourth quarter, when the Giants made the comeback. The fans there were loud. It was loud, and it was all New York stuff. It was all I New York know. fans. It was loud. Darren, Darren. It was that was as loud as of, of a giant crowd as I've heard. Uh, and 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 just to give some uh, Moose Johnson some more props, Sal. I think this is a game too where we talk about Emmett. But man, he was on display this game too. What a great, yeah. great player. Darryl how big Johnson was? How big was? How big? 
How big were his pads? I mean, yeah, honestly, I don't, I don't know how you could catch a ball like with those shoulder pads. Like it doesn't <laughs> honestly, it doesn't fit. It you know, like it doesn't fit. It really I don't know. Was. Did they say that was his first year making the Pro Bowl? I, I can't. I don't know if that was. It, it might have been. I'll have to. I'll have to look that it up. Might have been. It like he had about fifty-seven catches that year uh, for the Cowboys right. too. And even if you're watching wow. the game, he wasn't just catching them from like like coming out of the fullback position. They they would line him up as a receiver even once in a while. Uh, it must have just been what they had done for that game or, and motion him and then throw downfield to him occasionally. Uh, yeah, that's right. Totally. Uh, what an underrated player. He, he was fantastic in that game as well. Definitely was. Hold on. As I look at this real quick. Uh, yeah, 93-94 were his Pro, Pro Bowl year. So that was uh, that was the first of the two. All right. So 13 nothing Cowboys at half. Well, I'm very excited to see how this turns out. But uh, let's take a quick break for an ad. As the novel coronavirus pandemic escalates in the U.S., public health officials are encouraging those who are experiencing signs or symptoms of COVID-19, such as coughing or fever, to seek medical guidance remotely. If you or a loved one are feeling sick or are just feeling worried, there is a way to get help without leaving home. Roe is offering free telehealth services for people seeking guidance and information on COVID-19. The service is available free of charge in all 50 states and Washington, D.C. Roe's free online assessment will help determine if you are at risk and, if appropriate, Roe will connect you with a medical provider for a free consultation. The assessment was designed by doctors and infectious disease experts and is based on guidelines from the CDC and WHO. Visit roco slash coronavirus on your phone or laptop to complete a free online assessment or just learn more. If you're worried that you may be experiencing symptoms, go to roco slash coronavirus to start your free assessment today. That's roco slash coronavirus. All right, we're back against all odds. Cousin Sal here, Darren the Parlay Kid. Harry is here. Uh, we all watch this game together. Cowboys-Giants, January 2nd, 1994. The winner gets a bye and wins the NFC East. Actually, the Cowboys could have tied, and they would have gotten a bye and won the NFC East. So it was really a must-win for the Giants here in New York. Down 13 nothing at half. The Giants get the ball. Uh, it starts with the cross, gets, like an, uh, gets a nine-yard pass, and then we see on the sidelines, you know, a la Willis Reed, here comes Emmett Smith. They don't have the ball, so I guess he's like got a little time to come out of the uh, locker room. And they say he's got the padding stuff, extra right. padding and stuff. Parley Kid, what does that mean, extra padding <laughs> in his shoulder pad? Can you do that today? I So the only thing I could think of is they took some foam or something and put it underneath the shoulder pad. That's the only mm-hmm. thing I could think of what they did. Um, and they still at that time were diagnosing him now with a strained right shoulder. Yeah, it's getting uh, worse. Later found out it was more significant than that. Right, exactly. Okay, so now here's where the game kind of turns, like the momentum turns a little. Giants are forced to punt. Yeah. It's a muffed punt, partially blocked. Uh, it wasn't Sean Landetta. It was uh, Haran, right? Yeah, I think yeah. They, Haran. Let, they let, they let like Landetta go like a couple of weeks before. And uh, Kevin Williams comes up to field it. Now, if he gets it on the hop, that looked pretty true. Yeah. He could be off. There are a couple guys in front of him, but if he sidesteps them, which is possible, he could be off to the races. But instead, he muffs the punt. Uh, the Giants jump on it. Armstead gets hurt. And all of a sudden, they have good field position. Harry, you're feeling good right now. This is probably the first and only time you could throw it in our face. Well, it was finally something that happened because in the first half, they couldn't get anything going passing, obviously. Um and Rodney Hampton didn't get anything. He had like, uh, I want to say he had like 19, 20 yards at halftime. Uh, so he really couldn't get, they couldn't have anything. So then we needed something to happen. And then and this happened and both now it was both one team had recovered a, a fumble. Uh, I don't know what Kevin Williams, I, I know what you're saying, but like, it's just like he didn't even, maybe he didn't see the ball exactly. Just bounced off like that. And that recovery by Marcus Buckley was huge. So that got us going, um, you know, and then got Sims and the team going and they, they, Got downfield on a third down completion. Big play to Easy Ed McCaffrey, his only catch of the game uh, on yep. a clutch third down. And then uh, and then Bunch took it in. Bunch took that in. Yeah, Callaway caught it to the five. The crowd has went bonkers there right before the Bunch third yeah. and goal from the one. Callaway play. was but huge all game for the Giants. He was good. A little attitude, too. Like a little, little short guy. Just throw it in the mm-hmm. Cowboys defenders' faces. Uh, Paula Kidd, I'll say this about Kevin Williams. Big I. 
Miami guy, University yeah. of Miami guy. So he's a Jimmy Johnson favorite. Um, I, I think we kind of got sick when he muffed that punt and the crowd, the crowd like woke up for first time. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what happened. So because, you know, I think as a giant fan, you were probably thinking coming out on that first drive, you needed to do something. Even if you didn't score, you probably need to get a few first downs, uh, get some momentum going. And the mm-hmm. Giants got nothing. And now you're punting and you're almost resigned to the fact, well, if the Cowboys get this ball, come down and score, yeah. this game is probably over, right? Even right. if they kick a field goal, there were no two-point conversions back then. So right. even a 16 nothing lead for the Cowboys would have seemed almost insurmountable at that time. So that muff mm-hmm. punt really saved the game there for the Giants to give them some life at that time and the crowd some life because it was just about to be over, I think. I might have right. got pumped up at that point, and I got a little loud, and Sal might have tackled me on the bed right there, and I don't know. <laughs> Sal didn't like it so much. That or a Yokozuna you, one or the other. Right. <laughs> Ass first. I wasn't allowed to get up. I wasn't allowed to get ha- uh, too happy, I guess. Yeah, no, no. No yeah. one's allowed. Harry knows. He's been there before when, right. when you get excited uh, rooting against my teams. Uh, Cowboys get the ball. Oh, we see, uh, like we talked about, Packers-Lions. We get a third update from that. No other games. From CBS, that's just how it was. Uh, Giants have the ball. I believe it's third and long, but whatever it was, Sim scrambles left mm-hmm. and throws right to uh, Rodney Hampton, who Pat Summerall excitedly refers to as Howard Cross. It goes uh, thirty-five yards. He had this. They both have a seven in their number, so you can understand that. Um, and there you go. And again, the crowd is pump, pump, pump. Sims overthrows Mark Jackson in the end zone. Uh, Summerall says, Megat Jackson never saw it coming. It's just the greatest. It just keeps going. And then Treadwell field goal, 13-10 with about a minute and a half left. And that that's that for the third quarter. Right? Well, Sal, right before that, though, uh, before the pass, the great pass by Sims, roll like you said, rolling left, going right to Hampton. That's mm-hmm. when Jeffcoat did sack Sims. And one of um, the maddenisms in that game is where he made a great point. He said that Jeff Coton, who was great the whole game, he really was. He was on Sims left and right. He said he hit Sims so hard, he made a lateral out of a forward pass. Yeah, that was good. That was a good line. Yeah. And then the next play was the Sims play. Right. But I will say before that, Madden was said, well, all you have to do is see that hand going forward. You know, it's a forward pass. That's the end of the discussion. Like, no, anyone who knows football knows that you got to now check to see if it's a lateral or not. But Parley Kid. How are you feeling at this point, 13-10, heading into the fourth quarter? Not feeling very good here, Sal. Uh, Dallas's offense has become very stagnant. Uh, we know Emmett's hurt. Um, the Giants have seized momentum. Uh, Rodney Hampton is not uh, – he's almost matching Emmett uh, carry for carry here. And as we could tell at, yeah. the, uh, at the end of the game, both of them ended up with over 30 uh, carries. I think mm-hmm. Hampton with 30, maybe Emmett with 32. Uh, Madden right. would later remark about them uh, basically being the uh, greatest game he's ever seen two running backs have. Yeah. Uh, and this is all Hampton in the second half. Like Hampton really didn't do much in the first half. So I was, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not feeling good right here uh, for the Cowboys at all. At yeah. all. And, that, and you mentioned their carries, but again, they're catching ball. And that, that, that was the biggest play of the game. The one we just mentioned, I think probably uh, as far as big gainers, uh, aside from the Emmett run, but yeah, they're, they're uh, catching passes out of the backfield. So yep. uh, first play in the fourth quarter, third and one Emmett goes for six. Um, uh, very next play. I think Hamilton sacks Aikman and we see that Emmett can't block. You talk about that right arm, mm-hmm. that right shoulder. They say he's the best yes. right armed running back in the game. Well, we saw it right there. He couldn't block for anything. Uh, he was fine carrying the ball, could not block. So it was rough. And then LT gets a big sack, and now the place is roaring. The place goes bonkers, and uh, Madden comments that he is uh, the most exciting defensive player he's ever seen. Harry LT in his last year, one last hurrah. I mean, it wasn't their last game, but that felt good, right? He gave, he gave it all that he had that game. He he ripped through uh, two and a on that play to get to Aikman. It was a huge play, and of course, you know. LT getting a sack in the fourth quarter down three. Of course, it's going to light the place up. It was it was awesome to see that he uh, still had a little left in the tank. And, uh, you know, the Giants did go on to win the playoff game the week after, too, and then they got rolled after that. But still. Oh, don't, don't ruin it for us, Harry. Don't ruin it. <laughs> but it was still uh, good to see LT. You know, he was he was playing hard the whole game, had made a few tackles here and there, but still, that was big. That was a big play in the, in the game. So 
Uh, third and long, third and 12 or 13. I think the uh, Cowboys hit a 10-yard pass of Aikman to uh, Johnston, and they have to punt. So then Haley jumps off sides on third and six. It's the first time we see Haley, Charles Haley, the whole game. I feel unabated. like Madden, Madden's got a, Madden's got like a, a, yeah. a yeah, unabated. It's funny. Unabated comes up in this story in the, in the game, and Madden comments that he can't say the word unabated. It's too long. It's like mayonnaise. So then they go back and forth in Summerall about unabated and mayonnaise and why should they even be in the same sentence. But Haley jumps off sides and Madden says something, Parley Kid, like, well, that's what happens when you don't practice. He right? did, did say you, that. Did you get that? He yeah, did say yeah. well, because Haley wasn't, I guess, practicing very much because he had a lot of back issues that year. Um, right. Ended up that year with four and a half sacks, which uh, I guess tells the story of his back issues. And I think they pretty much just saved him for uh, game day. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's the reason why you jump offside to, to right, be honest. Right. Yeah. I mean, you just, you got to watch the football if you're on the defensive line, really. So yeah. I'm not sure if that had too much to do with practice, uh, but Might he did say have, yeah. that he does make mention of that. Speaking of back issues, the giants get the ball. Uh, they, they get the ball back. Sims is sacked by Jeff Coat twice, twice over jumbo Elliott who back had back, back issues. Back to back, and his back issues are brought up, Harry. Right? Yeah, he was. Elliot was probably aside from uh, uh, aside from Pierce and Jackson, who dropped like five balls combined. Jumbo Elliot, I know he was hurting, but he was bad. He was getting manhandled by the Dallas defensive line the entire game. So a lot go, a lot of back and forth. Giants still down three. Cowboys have the ball. Uh, third and eleven, incomplete to Harper. Emmett Smith was out that play. A couple of plays. Giants get it back. Big pass to Callaway to the Dallas 40. Uh, Hampton now coming alive, really just moving the offensive line forward, much like Emmett did in the first half. Big third and three run keeps the drive alive with a minute left. And now now it's looking like the uh, Giants are going to tie it, Parley Kid, right, with a field goal. It, it sure does, Sal. And I, one thing I noticed uh, rewatching this game is, for the most part, it, it, the Giants were not in a rush here, mm-hmm. uh, it didn't seem like. you know. Um, Hampton's getting a, a, a good uh, dose of the ball. Um, uh, I think they had uh, one timeout remaining here at this point. Uh, and, yeah, well, I'm not feeling good, but at the same time, I, I'm almost thinking tie game. I, I didn't feel like the Giants were going to punch yeah. one in on the Cowboys yep. at that point. Just didn't feel like right. it. I don't think Reeves wanted to make a, a big play down the field to risk a turnover, knowing that they can tie it and then take it to overtime. But uh, yeah, but it's still getting the heavy doses of Rodney Hampton. He was being a workhorse. He's getting he's at that point. He's ripping off uh, four to seven yards, seemed like every carry. And I know, like you said, that I wasn't too upset with the way they were running their offense there, but still a little urgency maybe to take a shot, but not, you know, the way the game was, nobody really took a shot down the field the entire game. I'm with the parlay kid. I mean, maybe things were different and we don't remember it, but I think coaches are much more aggressive these days. Yeah, Reeves knowing sure. that he can't tie this game. Obviously you have the extra session, but you know, it wasn't that rule where everybody get both teams, get the ball, uh, you know, barring a touchdown, right. you could get the ball and mm-hmm. kick a field goal in overtime and win. So he's leaving a lot up to chance at this point. No, no sense of urgency. Parlay kid. You're right. Even for the field goal, let alone a touchdown. Well, but uh, like I said, Hampton big run on third and three. Treadwell with the clock running, the Cowboys call a timeout. Why? Why? Uh, Why did they actually, call a timeout there? I, I agree with Madden yes. here, right? It was like 14 seconds left. They're rushing the the team on the field, and the Cowboys call a timeout to ice them. It's not like they were gonna run a play on offense and Made they no didn't sense. after they got it back. So yeah, was that that was weird to you, right, Parla Kid? I thought that was extremely before Madden even said it, and as as I'm re-watching it, I'm saying, Why would Dallas call a timeout here? Uh, you know. I, you're not really icing the kicker there. What you're really giving their uh, the kicking team a chance is to settle down, you know, get mm-hmm. their alignment straight. They got, they had run on the field. I know when Dallas called a timeout, there was 15 seconds left. The Giants had their kicking team on the field already, but yeah, I just feel like when you run a kicker onto the field, you run the a new line out onto the field. Uh, I just thought the Dallas uh, Cowboys coaching staff bailed the Giants outright there by calling a timeout. It, made, it really didn't make much sense. Uh, being that the Cowboys weren't going to use those 15 seconds to win the game at that point. 
Then they didn't. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, there's, there's icing the kicker and then there's giving the kicker a chance to regroup. And when the clock is running, right. obviously, like you said, they're going to get the kickoff. They're going to definitely do it. But with the, with the, you know, wind swirling a little bit, crowds going crazy, got to make sure all the linemen don't move. Nobody moves. You know, it's a different story. Let him kick it when he w- wants to kick it with the clock running down, but he nails it. Absolutely. Um, there it is. That was it. And I agreed with Madden there. Ties it. Cowboys get the kickoff. Aikman takes a knee with 10 seconds left. And we're going to overtime. Now, it's funny because I guarantee, Parley Kid, with that field goal, I was thinking of us. Like, we must have been screaming about that. Like, oh, just let him kick it or all these other things. For the next rewatchables, we really need to just record ourselves watching these games. And then we don't have to do a separate podcast on the rewatchables. We could just, we could just 20 years from now. Um, you know, do the next Giants Cowboys game with the, uh, you know, this with Daniel true. Jones and 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 Dak Prescott, God willing. Let's see what happens. But they go to overtime. The boys kick off. Giants get the ball. Meggett looks to throw, and that mm. really could have ended the game. That could have been the Giants touchdown there, but nobody was open. Still manages to scramble and uh, get uh, is tackled after a few yards, and then Sims third and sixteen runs a little bit. They're forced to punt. Harry, what do you think? Is it over at this point? Well, you know, I mean, they did get a first down there in, in that when they did get the ball because uh, it was all Hampton again. I got, got a first down, but still the Dallas de- defensive line held. And uh, at that point, punting. Look, uh, th- I felt OK still because Dallas hadn't gotten anything going offensively the entire second half, except when Emmett touched the ball. And again, when Emmett touches the ball, a lot of times he's very elusive. He's getting by the first wave. So he's getting six, seven yards a pop. In this spot, which was really amazing, is that Aikman and Jimmy Johnson decided to throw the ball more than run in the overtime, and they were throwing it to Emmett, who's lined up as a wide receiver. He's lined up to the side and coming out of the backfield. And I don't know what the Giants were thinking there, but just somebody be all over Emmett Smith because nobody else is doing anything. And Emmett Smith just decided to catch the ball and 12 here, 8 here, 7 there. And before you know it, they're over midfield. Yep. Well, maybe they heard you uh, 20-something years later talking about how they had 11 Pro Bowlers and you can't just spy Emmett Smith. And I think they were throwing to Emmett Parley Kid at this point because he really just couldn't block, right? So if, I, I, uh, I think whatever it was, I guess out. Um, their feeling was, look, <laughs> Emmett's going to win us this game because um, it was pretty quiet that second half, understandably, because the Cowboys didn't really have the ball that much. But mm-hmm. right there in overtime, the first three plays, Emmett gets the first three touches. He's catching, right. he's running, and Madden comments, which this is something I really like what Madden said. I think sticking it to some fans and sticking it to people who think athletes are overpaid, he yeah, basically said, good. hey, mm-hmm. anybody here, anybody that thinks Emmett Smith or any of these superstar athletes are overpaid, try to put on his shoulder pads today. You know, yeah, because, I, I kind of uh, like that he said that. And uh, because mm-hmm. really, Emmett earned, I mean, he earned it his whole career, but uh, you know, I know there was some people that were kind of upset about him holding out, uh, but man, right. just watching him right there, those first three plays in overtime, like talk about mm-hmm. a guy who wanted to win a game and he wanted to win. And he came out after those first three touches actually. And he's dominating on the field. And when he did come out, there's, there's cutaways to him just wincing. And I think yeah. that's when, yep. that's when Madden uh, comments is like, look at this guy. He's putting it all that's out exactly there. Right. Uh, like you said, Paul, like in a third and three pass to Emmett. Uh, he's catching balls. He and Hampton catching balls third and short from the 40. He gets five. Uh, then he gets another 10. Uh, at this point, I think they, uh, Madden comments that they both have 30 carries, uh, Hampton and Emmett. Emmett ends up with 32. And then Eddie Murray comes out on third down with 422 left parlay kid. What's up with that? To send up 41. I had totally forgotten about this. And I'm watching and they trot Eddie Murray out with five minutes left in uh, the overtime. For yeah. a forty-one yard field goal on third down. Uh yeah. we would be going bonkers right now if we saw that happen. Uh <laughs> Madden alludes did. to the fact, well, it's a good, you know, <laughs> it's not a bad idea because uh you could you could fake it here on third down, or if there's a bad <laughs> snap, you have another chance at a field goal. Um, but I'm thinking to myself, how about you run the ball and get about three or four more yards at least and get a little closer? But maybe people are a lot more confident in their kickers back in 1994 than we I are today so. in 2020. So. And that, it's either that or they, they're like, all right, we're either going to make this field goal right now or we're going to 
hold the Giants defense and whatever. A tie's a win for us anyway. But yeah, you're right. Like, I never bought that. Like, well, what if something happens? This is why you kick on third down. Like, how often have you seen like a botch snap that didn't take them out of field goal range anyway? Or a fake? You're not going to fake it. You're going to run a play there. You got Emmett it's, Smith there. It's crazy. Crazy. Uh, Harry Reeves then calls a timeout to ice yeah. Murray. Murray nails it, 16-13 final. And we are reminded by John Madden that this was a professional football game. <laughs> hey, listen, it was uh, it was one heck of a game. Like I think Darren mentioned before, just a couple things. Uh, I think he said 62 carries between Emmett and Rodney Hampton, Hampton combined. Um, they were both 8 of 16 on third downs. Uh, Dallas 339 to 313 in total yards. And I think I, think I counted four times, Sal and Darren, that if – Horse collaring was a penalty yeah, back then. I saw yeah. four times, I think, yeah. that they would have had that. But correct me if I'm wrong, but during the entire game, I mean, Jerry Markbright was the head official, and he, he did a heck of a job. He did a and great the referees job. were fantastic in that game. They really were. But I don't think there was a holding or a personal foul call the entire game. It was like a chop block, I think. A chop block, like personal yeah, right, right in the fourth Ryan quarter. But, yeah. but a personal yeah. foul, really, and a holding call, I don't think was called the entire game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guess what? Pro- uh, we it was uh, kind of liked it a little bit better that way than when we see all the flags today, yeah. right? So, absolutely, I, I had no problem with it. Let them play a little bit, and those guys played hard. So, um, mm-hmm. the hitting, uh, the hitting, Darren, can, the hitting was so good, and something we, I wanted to mention too. Tackling was great, but with six minutes to go, by the way, in the fourth quarter, Emmett rolled right to uh, on on a, on a carry, and Mark Collins lowered his shoulder and drove it into Emmett's shoulder into the ground. And that's another time when Emmett came out and Coleman came in, uh, uh, came in for him. And uh, that was some shot that he gave him and he still got, still finished the game. And like you said, catching the ball where he's clutching his arm and still making plays. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, Limited officiating involved, not not too many turnovers. So you didn't have to see if a ball was an interception, hit the ground or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It was just kind of like your, basic hard hitting game. Yeah. The refs didn't get involved. Actually, the one time they did get him, they called like a um what was it? Like a uh like a hold, a defensive holding call against uh, whoever was covering Michael Irvin, I think, but we didn't see it, right? It was a it was they play didn't the show Cowboys. it, right. And that was that was kind of big at the time. I, I it didn't turn into any points, but they that's the one time they they it showed weird. it and it would have been on if, if it was going to be on anybody, it would have been on Greg Jackson, number 47. But it really, but he just made a heck of a play there. So where was the call? Cowboys flooded the zone. It was very, very weird play call. It was. Uh, I, I don't know what went on there, but a uh, lot of fun. Great game. Like I said, as far as a regular season goes, uh, game goes, I don't remember a playoff atmosphere like that. Um, certainly not watching from my Aunt Chippy's room in uh, Las Vegas with these guys. We're all facing the bed and we have our feet on the pillows facing probably, I don't know, like a, a 21 inch TV. I don't know. It couldn't be more than that. It probably was. Yeah. Yes. Things have changed, but um, I don't know. Is that worse than what we're going through now where there's no sports? No, no way. We'd, we'd kill for it to have that back <laughs> as Harry brought up. The giants have to play the next week. They had already known. It's so funny that they already known that the cat, the loser of the game was going to host the wild card game. The giants did. They won 17, 10 over the Vikings. I think Jim McMahon was the quarterback for that Vikings team. 17, 10 yeah. giants move on. They get crushed 44, three by the 49ers. Cowboys get the bye. They beat the Packers, who I guess upset the Lions. They had to play them again the second week. Uh, Packers win. Uh, Cowboys win 27-17. Cowboys 38-21 over the Niners. And then Cowboys 30-13 to over the Bills. And Parley Kid, this is why you know people talk about dynasties. I put the Cowboys right up there because not because they strung together Super Bowl wins and whatever they did, but look at the teams they beat. Look at the quarterbacks they beat. Brett Favre, Steve Young every year. Jim Kelly, very underrated. Greatest AFC team of all time, Buffalo Bills. I don't care what anyone says. There it is. That's why they were a dynasty. Go ahead. Say what you want, Polly Kid. I know you agree. Yeah, no, uh, listen, the Cowboys, what, three out of four years right there, Sal? They almost could have been four-time champs, uh, maybe if Jimmy Mm -hmm. Johnson. Uh, hadn't left. Who knows how many they could have won with that uh, what, dynasty? Uh, I'm not sure what you know what we consider a dynasty to be. I look at uh, you know maybe three in a row for a dynasty, but they, they're as close as you can get. And they were what a team offensively, mm-hmm. defensively. 
what was their weakness? They didn't have one weakness uh, amongst them. So uh, I'm not yeah. sure if we're going to – we've seen the Patriots like that, but I'm not sure if the Patriots had some of the names that the Cowboys even had from the teams back then. It's incredible. It's incredible what they did. And they won 30-13 to 13 over the Bills. Parley kid, we were losing that game. 13-6 at half. We went for a walk. I mean, that was – and then that was the Thurman Thomas helmet game, right? And uh, James Washington picks up the fumble. Emmett Smith goes crazy. I think they had like uh, – so if it was 13-7. That's yeah, it. They scored 23. Yeah, 30-13. to 13. Was that also, Sal, the uh, Leon Lett play uh, year? Was that Leon no, Lett? That no, that was – so that was Cowboys-Bills. That was 52 No, I'm talking about the, oh. the, the, the snow game when Lett – Slid oh, in. the, the, was it the Thanksgiving s- game. I think that might have been that year. Yeah, was that yeah, yeah. that year? I think it might have been. Now, now they was that one of their four losses of the year? I'm trying to think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why it just Madden mentioned something head. about Leon Lett after Williams made that fumble. He said something about Leon Lett at that point, remember? You know, we're going to have to rewatch it again and come back next week <laughs> and do another hour on it. But anyway, there you Emporia go. State, Cowboys, Giants, Emporia State. Giants-Cowboys, fun game, January 2nd, 1994. That brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make-Believe Riverboat Casino, where each week the Degenerate Trifecta and I, uh, we set sail tackling pretend propositions related to sports and pop culture events. The captain asked us this, he was like, wow, this was such a dynamite overtime game. What is the most exciting overtime pro football game you've ever seen? Um, we'll keep it within the last uh, 30, 40 years because that's what we've seen. Uh, Falcons, Patriots, Super Bowl, obviously has got to be close to the top, 28-3, five to two odds. Oilers, Bills, big, big Frank Wright comeback in 93, three to one odds. The Tuck Rule game, that's Brady, but it's put him on the map right there, nine to two. Cowboys, Giants, which we just reviewed, six to one, or the field, three to two. Parley Kid, what do you think? What's the most exciting overtime pro football? Uh, there's game? been there's been several of them. I like every one you just said. Uh, there was another one uh, I was thinking about taking. It was a Dolphins uh, Chargers matchup in oh, about 1982, one. if you remember that. It was Dan mm-hmm. Fouts and Don Strzok, uh battling it out. Uh, that was a fantastic uh, uh, playoff game, I even believe. Yeah. Um, I but yeah. so I don't think anything can really match. Um, uh, I know the overtime wasn't thrilling, but the the Patriots Falcons. Uh, the, the comeback by the Patriots, uh, when you really look at that game, and I know the, the Oilers-Bills game was close. Uh, that, that actually might have been a greater point differential. But just the way every single thing, every play had to break right at a certain point for the Patriots, and yeah. everything just broke right. And just watching that game and kind of rooting for the Patriots, and you could just see uh, – how it was all coming together and you just started saying they're really going to win this game. I don't think yeah. anything can really top that because of where you were in the season. It's the last game of the season, Super Bowl. Um, you know, I think we'd all sign up for an overtime Super Bowl game any year. For sure. Uh, and that was just um, really, the, really capped off uh, Tom Brady's greatness right there. So yeah. that to me is, was the single greatest uh, overtime game in NFL history. That was Brady's win for sure. He gets all the credit there. I was not rooting for the Patriots. Not only did I have the Falcons, I had the Falcons plus three and a half. I yeah. bought the half, the freaking half a point. So, all right. So even all the nonsense to tie it up and to go to overtime, I still have a good shot and Patriots come down first possession right down their throats. It lose by six, not three, not three and a half. So that was a big loss. All right, Harry, what about you? Most exciting overtime football game. You know what? I'm going to – sorry, Brother Bry out there when you watch this, but I'm going to take the tuck rule against your Raiders. <laughs> Speaking of buy, buy and a half, Sal, I, I had that game. I had the Pats. I bought them from three to two and a half. Uh, which was allowed in Vegas at the time I was there. And uh, speaking of dynasties, that really started it. You know, I mean, it was a uh, uh, Venetary kicks the field goal uh, to tie it, but uh, in the driving snowstorm, but the tuck rule was just insane that that was, I mean, you watched, uh, watch uh, Gruden's uh, uh, analysis of what happened in that. And it's great. Listen to me. So upset about it, but I mean, it, talk about a perfect storm situation for uh, literally for the, uh, the weather and everything that was going on for the, uh, for the Patriots. And then of course, you know, like I said, Venetary gets the field goal in overtime. Uh, Pats, of course, win the toss uh, coin toss and Brady goes eight for eight. He even makes a fourth down conversion. They get a chip shot. 
yeah. field goal, and they go on to beat Pittsburgh in the championship, AFC championship game. And then it's somehow, how, somehow they're a 14-point dog in the Super Bowl. Obviously, I know that was a bad one for wow. you, Sal, wow. against the greatest yeah. show on turf. But uh, listen, was there a documentary on this tuck rule? There should be, I guess, right? <laughs> I was just going to say, wait till you see the documentary. Right. <laughs> that was a documentary, right, as far as you're concerned. But sure. it, was, it was live television. It was weird. Uh, I am going to say Oilers Bills. Yeah. Um, 1993, almost a full year. It was actually January 3rd, 1993. So 364 sure. days, uh, th- 366 days uh, before this game, this Cowboys Giants game. Uh, first of all, I should say Seahawks Packers NFC championship six, five, six, seven years ago. That was a, that was an excellent one too. I consider, but January 3rd, 1993, uh, Parley kid, it was 35 to three um, at one point, I think at half. Then Frank Reich masterminds a comeback. Uh, Kelly's out because they have to play the week before. Houston beats Buffalo the week before 27-3. I don't know if people don't remember that, but Jim Kelly suffers some strained ligaments in his knee. So it's Frank Reich gets the call, jumps down 35-3 after four Warren Moon touchdowns, and he masterminds an insane, insane comeback. It's 28-3 actually at the half. Andre Reid. Uh, three touchdowns, onside kicks. Guys were wide open. It really was insane how open some of these guys. Lofton was, Metzelars, it was crazy. Then Nate Odoms uh, picks off Moon's 50th pass in overtime. The Oilers had the ball first. Steve Christie kicks a 32-yard field goal, and that's it. And they win that game right there. And Paulie Kid, you added a stat about overtime. So we saw overtime in this Giants game. Giants got the ball, didn't win. The one I just brought up. Um, yeah. Bills, uh, Oilers, Oilers get the ball. They didn't win. What What are the numbers? Right yeah. There? So what? When, when uh, CBS showed the stat back in that Cowboy uh, Giant game, uh, they said that the now remember again you just mentioned it. Uh, you know the first team to score one. So if you got the ball first, you score. The game is over. Not like it is today. Um, so it was the team that won the coin toss won the game because obviously they took the ball. They won the game 47% of the time. Wow. The team that lost the toss won 46% of the time, and the other 7% ended up in ties. So That's unbelievable. really is unbelievable. You thought you would think that getting the ball first would have been such a big advantage in, in, those, uh, in those days with that rule in particular, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't any advantage, actually. I don't know. I mean, it seems like teams played for the tie more. They must have run more. They had to have run. We know now for a fact. More conservative, I guess. Yeah. Passing is so much uh, higher. The one thing that I thought about here with this Bills-Oilers game, do you think, Parlay Kid or Harry, do you think maybe if the Bills knew they were about to lose to the Cowboys 52-17, the Super Bowl, (laughs) they would have just bowed out to the Oilers and lost this dumb wild card game and not had to deal with it because they had to go on the road and win. I think they won in Pittsburgh and then they crushed Miami in Miami. I think it was like 29, yeah. 10, but then they get, they get slaughtered by the Cowboys and which was my, I think favorite sport sporting event of all time. Four in a row. Right. So, I mean, yep. obviously, uh, yeah. but still that was a, uh, again, that, 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 that blowout game against that, that was in the Pasadena. That was a Rose bowl, right? Yep. That was yeah, it. That was it. That was it. That was senior a, year of college for me. Dallas was clicking. That's all you could say at that time. They were clicking that year. What a fun team this Cowboys team was, Parley Kid. We'll never see it again. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like we will, but uh, they do have some talent now. It's, yeah, talent they do. Is there. No, I mean, you'll never see it again because it's 11 pro bowlers and you just can't keep. I mean, I guess we're you coming can't as do close it. No, to possible. It's you know? so hard if, nowadays if get, to do it. You, yeah, you, you're right. right. It, was, it was different back then with uh, – um, you know, the way you could keep players, the Cowboys could keep almost anybody they wanted to keep, you know, yeah. uh, and, right. and Jerry Jones was willing to pay. So that was a big advantage for the Cowboys back then because uh, of the money that Jones had. Right. Jim Cunningham, you have anything to add right now? You usually have something funny for best uh, overtime, uh, favorite overtime game. Or do you care? Jim is still steaming about Harry's audio. Issues, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> In week one of uh, the 1998 season, the New York Jets, with, I think it was Glenn Foley looked real good. We went to overtime against the 49ers and pinned the 49ers on the four-yard line. And uh, first play from the four-yard line, Garrison Hurst took it 96 yards to end the game. I remember that. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. I do remember yeah, that. was a big one. That's very sad that that makes your top uh, – how many did we list We were there? close. Five we made it to overtime, the Jets. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Poor Jim Cunningham. Yeah. There you go. Uh, All right, that's <laughs> another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live – 
like a captain. Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right, we did it, guys. We did almost an hour, I think, on the Cowboys Giants. Very nice. nice. That was fun, right? Yeah. Harry, uh, what what do you got? Where can people find you? Good time. You can find me, AAO Harry, on Twitter. Obviously, uh, Odd Shark. Uh, I've got articles uh, this week. Uh, also, uh, Best Bet Corner, and glad to uh, announce it. Jim Cunningham will be a guest this week on the show on the best bet There you go. I hope to God that he keeps you waiting 40 minutes while he uh, <laughs> tends to his audio issues. <laughs> He's kept me waiting uh, for three days now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All that's right. True. Parlay kid. What about you? I'm at the chalk talker, Sal. Uh, and as uh, we all know, we just, let's just keep everybody uh, healthy out there. Right. Be safe, be healthy. Let's do the right things. And uh, so we can get uh, our lives back to uh, normal as quickly as possible. Yeah, you know what would be great if we could just only go through this once? Wouldn't that be terrific? Mm. If we <laughs> didn't have to go through waves and waves and waves like we hear about it. But stay inside. Hopefully, we're entertaining you with these uh, rewatchables. I am going to be on one tomorrow with, uh, well, whenever this post, but with Bill Simmons, we're doing uh, Tommy Boy. Bill Simmons, Sean Fantasy, myself. Nice. I love uh, Farley. Awesome. 25 years. Insane that it's been 25 years since that movie's come out. Polly Kidd and I, I think, will be back with Brother Bry next yes. week to do game one of the Mets Yankees World Series 2000. Oh, Harry won't be on here? No, that's it. No, you, you all right with that, Jim? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Looking forward to that one, Sal. That'll that's going to be fun. He was just getting the audio to work, too. Uh, <laughs> so that's that for Harry, Darren the Parley Kid, and heel producer Jim Cunningham. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Nah, nah, nah.